Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Welcome to episode 23 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, founder and CEO of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I am talking about limiting beliefs. This episode is for you if you know you're holding yourself back, if you know you're not going after what you want, or the goals that you are setting are so lukewarm they wouldn't even excite you, Nan. It's for you if you know your negative inner chatter gets the better of you every single time. It's for you if your self-doubt shuts you down before you even begin. I share some pretty personal stuff in today's episode and so I hope that's reassuring for you to hear that we share some pretty similar experiences. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. So today I want to talk about limiting beliefs and they might be known or unknown. They might be conscious or subconscious. They might show up for you really obviously or in a really covert and sneaky way. But what I do know is we all have them. And I I know that if you're listening to this episode, then you definitely are able to resonate. Limiting beliefs or more specifically self-limiting beliefs are just that. They're beliefs that are so deeply held, so deeply rooted that we take them as fact as to what is possible for us. And the problem is the majority of the time they actually sound completely legitimate, (laughs) which makes it harder to recognise. And I'm going to be delving into that in a little bit more detail in today's episode. But before I do head in and sort of go off (laughs) and say anything else. I want you to know this. I still have debilitating self-doubt. I do the work, I show up, I help others do the work and yet to this day I still feel like there are days or sometimes even phases where I can't make progress because of me, because I'm holding myself back and that's where today's episode has actually been born from. Um, In today's episode, I want to help you identify if limiting beliefs are indeed playing an active role in holding you back or sabotaging your goals, or maybe they're even stopping you from creating goals in the first place. Maybe your limiting beliefs are stopping you from even being able to see what could be possible for you. And by goals, by the way, I don't just mean the standard earn 5k a month type shit. I literally mean your whole self from wellness, happiness, family time, work, the lot. I've said it before, I'll say it again. My business is called Thrive Life and Business because I work with you on you. Yeah, fine, I work with leaders, business owners, founders, team managers, CEOs, but all of these people are people. They have lives, they have feelings, and we are all just navigating our way through this experience of life and business. So you literally cannot separate the two because you are in the middle of your life and your business. So that's why when you do the work on yourself, it ripples into your life and into your business. So on that point, on the inner work, it all starts with awareness. All change starts with awareness. And that's what I want today from this episode. Regardless of what kind of leader you are, what I want for you is for you to be able to spot where your limiting beliefs are cropping up for you so that you can start to shine a light on them so that you can start working out where they're disempowering you from moving forwards towards goals that are meaningful to you. Um, And so on that, let me dive in. The first place that I want to start with this episode is I want to give you my personal context because I announced over on Instagram the other day or yesterday maybe 
Um, so if you're not following me on Instagram, my handle is Thrive Life and Business with an underscore in between each word. But over on there, I was, and on LinkedIn actually, I was saying how it's the end of April right now and I had set a goal for May that actually really challenged my limiting beliefs. And I'm going to go into that in a little bit more detail in this episode. Um, But I want you to know where I'm coming from. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to roll back to a version of me from August 2019. Because that's where I initially started working heavily on my own limiting beliefs and I want to give you that context because I want you to know that where I am today in terms of my business and where I'm thriving that comes from a place and that comes from a place of I still have limiting beliefs lots of self-doubt and lots of different personal challenges that hold me back but I want you to see I want you to see what's possible. I want you to listen to this episode trusting that I can relate to self-doubt and limiting beliefs that literally stop you from making progress. I personally know how it feels to be so uncomfortable with the way that you're living your life or the way that you're navigating your career even, but just not it's not even not knowing what to do about it, it's not being able to break free from that, to be able to create change for yourself. So let me roll back. What I did to prepare for this episode is I actually got my um, consultation form from my first coaching session that I had in August 2019 with my coach and here is what it said. I am completely holding myself back. I am not doing what I want to in my career because I'm not good enough. So I'm better off probably accepting where I'm at in my career right now. I find it really difficult to enjoy myself if what I'm doing isn't productive or serving a purpose. I have zero ability to acknowledge my wins. I'm not even sure what I'm good at right now. And what can happen is I go from being crystal clear in what I want and feeling quite confident to very quickly feeling very foggy, fearful, which leads to inaction. What bothers me the most is I desperately want to start my own business, but I can't because it might fail and I simply can't have that. It's financially too risky. I think that people around me would say that I'm a very positive person and quite strong and resilient and that is true, I am when I'm helping them but when it comes to helping myself, I'm weak, I'm often very negative. I'm not good at being clear in my conviction when it comes to the crunch and I'm not good at controlling my own fears which is ironic because I've read most development books under the sun but find it quite hard to implement all of this for myself. And what you can hear from it is what I was what I was really suffering with is what I imagine many of us suffer with, debilitating inner chatter, debilitating self-doubt. And what that was causing me to do is float along zero goals, shite goals, vague goals, lukewarm goals. Um, and so I'm just going to dive straight in. The first thing that I want to say to you is, in terms of goals, so I'm going to start there. In terms of goals, we get fucked over from the moment we even start learning how to set goals. 
And that's because we get taught the smart method. I have taught the smart, <laughs> the smart method. It teaches us the smart method. So it's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. That's what smart stands for. And the realistic part is the part that I have a really, I have a real personal problem with. <laughs> because in my opinion, this is really outdated. It encourages us to come from a fixed mindset. It encourages us to set goals from a place of only seeing the end outcome. And as we all know, the end outcome, so that could be like generating a certain amount of revenue in your business or signing a new contract or whatever the end outcome is, that's only a part of the overall experience. And of course, like I know the end outcome is important. I know, especially if it's your business and that's your main way of paying your bills. But I I, I understand that you understand if you're listening, if you're someone who listens to this podcast regularly and you're into personal development, I know that you know that the rest of the journey, you know, the self-doubt, the negative inner chatter, the real life challenges that you face on your way to, to a goal, that is, that's where growth comes from. That's where resilience is built. And so if we are setting realistic goals, if we're setting lukewarm goals, goals that are meh, uninspiring, lack challenge, lack spark, tenacity, grit. If we're just setting realistic goals, are we providing ourselves with opportunities to grow? If we're setting realistic goals, are we giving ourselves opportunity to grow? Because we know, don't we, if we want to achieve big things, then we're not going to be able to achieve those big things, whether they're materialistic, tangible things, or whether they're self-growth like as in the person you want to be you're not going to get there by setting lukewarm goals are you but I, I know why we do that I know why we want to set realistic goals we do that so we get to avoid the journey if I set a realistic goal so if I say um okay the goal that I want to set let's let's pretend let's say just pluck a figure out the air let's say I've been generating 5k a month in my business for the last six months consistently and I say great now in May I want to generate 5k that's my goal well that's a realistic goal based on what I know to be true that is a realistic goal but that goal comes from my own limiting beliefs that that lukewarm goal that really safe goal it comes from avoiding the growing pains that come with stretching yourself and it allows you to avoid your limiting beliefs it allows you to avoid self-doubt and setting a realistic goal essentially it allows you to indulge in the well I would set a more stretching goal but because I know that that's unrealistic I'm not going to and I know this can be quite a challenging concept, but my tip for this, for you to consider this, just play around with the idea, is what if, instead of setting a realistic goal that you're very likely to achieve, instead you set an unrealistic goal. Set an unrealistic goal. Where the focus of that goal is not just on the achievement of said goal, but also all of the other really fucking important parts, such as your growth, such as your ch the challenges that you will have to, you will be forced to face on the way to that goal. 
the surprise and creativity that you'll notice when you are able to get over yourself a little bit and set an unrealistic goal. So another thing that I've pulled out um, in preparation for this um, episode is a part of a book, from, it's called Tools of Titans, um, and it's an interview that um, Tim Ferriss is, has done with Seth Godin, the marketing guru. Bloody love Seth Godin. Um, and this is what he says. If you generate enough bad ideas, a few good ones tend to show up. People who have trouble coming up with good ideas, if they're telling you the truth, will tell you that they don't have many bad ideas. But people who have plenty of good ideas, if they're telling you the truth, will say that they have even more bad ideas. So the goal isn't to get good ideas. The goal is to get bad ideas. Because once you get enough bad ideas, then some good ones have to show up. And it's a pretty similar um, discussion, isn't it? It's a pretty similar discussion where if we're constantly going after realistic goals, goals that we know that we're highly, highly likely to achieve, then we're not going to experience the growth that comes with setting an unrealistic goal. Then later on in the book, in an interview with James Altucker, he goes on to say, and um, James goes on to say, if you can't generate 10 ideas, generate 20. James recommends the habit of writing down 10 ideas each morning in a writer's pad or tiny notebook. This exercise is for developing your idea muscle and confidence for, you, for creativity on demand. So regular practice is more important than the topics. What if you can't come up with 10 ideas? Here's the magic trick. If you can't come up with 10 ideas, come up with 20 ideas. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. Perfectionism is the en enemy of the idea muscle. It's your brain trying to protect you from harm, from coming up with an idea that's embarrassing and stupid and could cause you to suffer pain. The way you shut this off is by forcing the brain to come up with bad ideas. And I think that is such a cool concept when you apply it to goal setting, when you apply it to limiting beliefs. The reason that we, we're so attached to creating and wanting all the time to set these realistic goals is because we want to make sure we reach them because our ego doesn't feel safe when we don't reach our goals. But what if you said, do you know what? I've generated 5k every month for the last six months. I'm going to set a target of 10k. And automatically, what you what you might feel is resistance. And I'm not saying it's going to be enjoyable. I'm not asking you to subject yourself to discomfort just for the sake of it. I'm asking you to lean into discomfort when you'd normally covertly shy away from it. I'm not even saying that you have to leap. I'm not asking you to endure sustained discomfort. I'm simply highlighting, God, by looking back at my own consultation form, if I could give myself any advice, it would be stop shying away from discomfort. Look it dead in the eyes, face front, lean into it when it matters most. Because you get to stay comfortable and edge into the discomfort of growth all at the same time. You get to see your setbacks as learning curves. You get to acknowledge your wins that aren't just, your wins aren't just the results. Your wins are also things like how you persisted, how you learned, how you got through it, how you bounced back. 
when we make it all about the goal, when we make it all about the result and the result only, that's when your limiting beliefs will fuck you right over because they will force you into setting really bland, vague, lukewarm goals. Or the other place that you might find yourself in is like the place that I was in with no goals. You might be that far into self-doubt and limiting beliefs that you're not even allowing yourself to dream anymore. You're not even allowing yourself to think about what could be possible for you. And we know why. We know why we don't set goals sometimes. We don't even allow ourselves to think what could be possible for us because our limiting beliefs are shouting louder. The fear, that that emotion of fear that is generated from our limiting beliefs is shouting us down. Brené Brown will call it foreboding joy, not allowing ourselves to feel joy because feeling joy, that is actually really vulnerable. What if it gets taken away? I'll just stay in this. Um, I used to, in college, I did sound engineering and what you learn is about the different microphones and about the different software and there's something called a condenser and it literally does that with the sound waves. waves. It compresses the sound waves so they don't go too high and spike or too low. And we do that with our emotions. We, we forebode joy. We disallow ourselves from getting excited, from dreaming big, from feeling joy because that's really fucking vulnerable because if we don't then get to experience it, if our dreams don't actualize, if we're not quite good enough, in inverted commas, to make things happen, then we will feel incredibly vulnerable. So therefore, we don't even allow ourselves to experience it in the first place. Gay Hendricks would call it the upper limit problem. I'll link his book in the show notes and Tools of Titans as well. But for the sake of this episode, I've actually just pulled a snippet off the internet. So it says, here's how an upper limit problem works. We all have an inner thermostat setting that determines how much success we allow ourselves to enjoy in various areas of life. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we may do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. So if we achieve significant a significant amount of success in one area of life, our upper limit problem makes us feel guilty or anxious about it. And when our old belief clashes with our new positive feelings, one of them has to win. And if the old belief wins, we are likely to self-sabotage. For example, we might spend a weekend binge eating or giving up tracking to bring ourselves back down to our prior level of success. And you can apply that to so many areas of life and business, right? I can tell you I spent years hiding from my goals, years. I literally would bury them deep, deep into myself, as deep as I could, and I would chase after things that had no meaning to me, like salary increases or the next job title, because if I didn't get that, it didn't hurt as much as it would if I really admitted what I really wanted and then had to face up to the fact that I couldn't have it or I wasn't good enough to have it. So my limiting beliefs about what I thought was possible for me told me I couldn't have it and therefore I didn't even try. Seriously, years. And because I know that about myself, because I've so severe, I felt that so severely, I now practice what I hold to be true about myself daily. I literally challenge my own thoughts about what I believe is possible every single day now. 
Um, and a great recent example is what I mentioned in the social media post that I talked about earlier. And it was a goal that I'd set for May. And like I say, it's the end of April now. Um, and I'm not going to share the specifics of that goal. I have told some of my friends and family and a couple of my one-to-one clients. But And it's not, it, do you know what? It's not even important what the goal is. The, the, the important thing is I set a goal for May and I set it a, a few weeks ago and I hand on heart genuinely didn't think it was in within my reach. I didn't think that I would achieve it, but I did achieve it and it's not even May yet. And I want to share with you in the last part of this episode how I did that. So the one thing that I will tell you is that the goal is a revenue goal. So it's not a subjective goal. It's a very objective goal. Um, but <laughs> the what surrounded that very objective goal was a lot of subjective shit. <laughs> so let me um, let me just dive into my notes because I've made some notes for this specific, specific point of this episode where I... Um, just so I don't miss anything out really, but here's what I did. The first thing that I did was acknowledge where my limiting beliefs had got me to this to this point, which was nowhere near the goal, actually. So my current thoughts about what I believed I could achieve were making me set goals from that limiting belief place. And that's another way of saying that I know that I don't like to set realistic goals, but I was setting realistic goals. And that was under the under the guise of, oh, well, my business is relatively new and Thrive Together is relatively new. But I know the true value of setting an unrealistic goal. And like I said earlier, that's not just about the achievement of that goal. In fact, that's only, you know, that's the cherry on the cake. That's not even the, the the good thing about the unrealistic goal. The good thing about the unrealistic goal is what it brings up. Um, And so that's why I set a goal so ballsy that any limiting beliefs that I was hiding from or I was burying deep, deep down, they had no chance, the little fuckers, of staying under no chance. I needed them to reveal themselves. As painful as an unco- as an and as uncomfortable as that is, I needed to see those limiting beliefs because when they when I hide them, and when you hide them, it is so easy to carry on like da da da, nothing to see here. <laughs> but when you set that unrealistic goal, and they surface because they will. Anything, anytime you set an unrealistic goal, the first thing that you will be greeted with is your limiting beliefs. And that's why I did the second thing that I did. Second thing that I did was I made it formal, if you like. I wrote down my goal and I committed to myself to cheer myself on. So although it was unrealistic in that I have never given myself evidence that that goal was possible for me before. I also made a contrasting commitment to cheer myself on regardless. I also made a commitment to hold a safe space for myself to explore my limiting beliefs without trying to solve them, without trying to fix them. Just simply let myself explore what was real and what wasn't real. Because I tell you what, when you set an unrealistic goal, 
what will come up, yeah, is those limiting beliefs, but other things will come up too that are actually real. So the way I look at it is like your limiting beliefs, they're not real. They're just, it's just your ego trying to keep you safe. They're not real. Whereas there'll be other things that come up which are actually real. So when you set a big ballsy goal, stuff might come up and it's all jumbled together. You can't like, it's like trying to untangle Christmas lights. (laughs) That's exactly what it's like. It's like trying to untangle Christmas lights and you have to try and separate what is real and what is not. So as an example, if you said to me, right, Nikki, the goal is you've got to learn to speak Mandarin by tomorrow, then loads of limiting beliefs will come up for me, like I was never good at languages in school and that kind of stuff. But then there'll be other stuff that is real, which is, well, I haven't signed up to any classes. I don't know where the best classes for Mandarin are. You know, there'll be stuff that is real and you've got to recognise that because once you separate the Christmas lights, the mess, the limiting beliefs from what is actually real you are then able to address that. You're then able to say, well, actually, if I want that to be my goal, what I am going to have to do is something different. And that is a possibility for me if I allow myself to explore it, right? But when we don't even entertain a goal, when we don't even explore a goal, because we feel like that might be out of our reach, because your limiting beliefs are telling you that, then we don't even give ourselves the opportunity to cultivate thoughts of what if, All we do is push it down, push it down, push it away, carry on, right? One of my, one of my clients inside Thrive Together calls it just float along, just float along. So if we don't explore those limiting beliefs, how will we progress to the goals that are meaningful to us? And that is exactly my next point. Once I'd realized my limiting beliefs that the goal had brought up, I could see them for what they were. And therefore, I was then able to make the goal really fucking meaningful. I was able to then attach the end result to something that means a lot to me. And so basically all I did was say, okay, well that revenue, that additional revenue, here's where I'm gonna spend it. I'm I'm gonna reinvest in Thrive Together in these ways. I'm gonna gain support so that I can grow my business in a sustainable way. Because I want to be financially abundant. And I want the people that I work with to be financially abundant. I also want to be abundant with my time. And I want my clients to be abundant with their time. I want to give generously to the people that I care about. I want to give my time. I want to give my knowledge. I want to share more free stuff, more podcasts, more blogs. Materially, I want to share. But in order to do that, I have to acknowledge in order to give more, I need to be able to receive more. And I think that we can tie ourselves up in knots with this. When we dream big, the moment you sort of get really clear on your why, why do you want to generate that additional revenue? What is it going to be for? When you get really clear on your why, regardless of what that why is, maybe you want to send your kids to school, maybe uh, to university, maybe you want to reinvest it into your business, maybe you want to support a charity, maybe you want to go and buy a really expensive bag. Whatever that why is, as long as it means something to you, that why will speak a hell of a lot louder than those limiting beliefs. But you've got to, you've, you've got to almost get to the point where you can explore what that big ballsy goal might be without your limiting beliefs shouting you down. Um, And so to wrap up, I just also wanted to point out some practical things that I did. I want to cover these because I talk a lot about mindset um, and there were actually some practical things that I've implemented over the last couple of weeks that 
without deciding on my whopper of a goal, I actually wouldn't have done. So I've just, again, I've just made a bullet point list of these. So over the last couple of weeks, if I hadn't have decided on that whopper of a goal, I wouldn't have asked for help. I wouldn't have reviewed where I was spending my time and delegated or outsourced my low value activities to other people. So for those of you who are inside Thrive Together, you know that we do goal setting. And from that goal setting, we determine what our highest value activities towards those goals are. So, and those goals could be about anything, couldn't they? They could be about your life, your wellness, your business, your revenue goals. But we determine the high value activities that are going to help you progress towards those goals. And therefore, if I hadn't have defined that, 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 that goal for my business in May, I wouldn't have then, well, put it this way, my high, my high value activities would look different and my low value activities would look different. And therefore I wouldn't have gained support, gained the support of a virtual assistant if, if I hadn't have defined that, um, that, that goal. I also wouldn't have been making daily contact with my network. So I've been doing this every single day for the past two weeks. I've been reaching out, asking for recommendations, asking people to bring me up in conversation, asking them to take a look at my website and consider who they might know, who might need my support. I've been really, really focused and I'm really proud of that because I've been really fucking hormonal (laughs) over over the full moon and for the week before that. Christ almighty, my brain has been like mush. And so for me to say, I've been really focused. I'm really proud of myself. I could genuinely tell you hands on heart, I would be recording this episode today with or without achieving that goal in May because I am genuinely a little bit flawed as to how deciding on that goal has changed the way I have approached my day every single day. Like deciding on that big ballsy goal has actually changed what I have done and decided not to do. I've also experienced rejection in the last couple of weeks in people coming back to me and saying, no, I'm not interested. People coming back to me and saying, well, I didn't actually like the way you swore in that social media post. <laughs> Serious. Um, and, and, you know, to that, where that normally would have floored me a little bit and been like, oh God, you know, they're not interested in my services or God, they don't like the way I'm swearing. Now I'm able to focus my attention where it matters, right? I'm able to focus my attention on the audience that do resonate with me and the people who I can serve. Um, And the last thing might have been something that you might have recognised, which is, If you go back three episodes ago, what you will notice is I am mentioning Thrive Together, I am mentioning my one-to-one services, but it's very meek. It's very like, I'll just drop it in and then I'll carry on with the episode. (laughs) It's very um, apologetic in tone. What you'll notice about the last two episodes is I am blatantly saying to you, come and join us. If you think that Thrive Together or working with me one-to-one would be of benefit to you, then we would welcome you in with open arms. And I am telling you how the pricing works and I am telling you how you can join. And I want you to, like, if you, if you, if this is the kind of work that you are interested in doing, this is the kind of work we do inside of Thrive Together. But I'm not saying it for that reason on this occasion. What I'm saying is go back, go back and notice because in you going back, over the last couple of episodes and noticing 
me doing that, that is me doing my own work. That is me. Is it uncomfortable? Yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it is. And you might actually now think, oh, actually, I noticed on Instagram stories maybe where she was being quite um, clear in her communication when it comes to selling what she has to give, what she, the way that she can serve. Yeah, I was awkward because it doesn't come naturally to me, but I am doing that because I know what my goal is. Do you see? When you allow yourself to take the steps, when you allow yourself to see that your limiting beliefs are subject to change, you can start to become open to the idea that firstly, your limiting beliefs aren't right. They've got you wrong. You are able to do more, achieve more, be who you want to be. It's just that your limiting beliefs will have you believe that that's not possible for you, that that's not true about you. So finally, for you, over the next few days, I want you to really carefully listen to yourself, tune into your language. What are you holding to be true about yourself? What do you notice that you say as off-the-cuff comments, but actually, they are, they are stories that you are holding to be true. They are statements that you're pretty much saying as fact when they're not actually true. You know, what are you limiting yourself in terms of the descriptions that you give of yourself? So you'll hear people say, oh, I'm a warrior. Oh, I'm not good at maths. Oh, I'm awful with my time. I'm so scatty. Oh, I'm so indecisive. And when you notice your limiting beliefs, are you able to start challenging them? And if you're not, are you able to start saying, well, I'm open to seeing myself in another light. I'm open to the possibility that I, that's quite a, a fixed mindset way of viewing myself. I'm open to seeing myself through a different lens. My intention is for you, for you to see that your limiting beliefs, it can take time and effort, but they can change. And therefore in holding a new idea about what is possible for you, you might notice that your actions then start to reflect this new idea instead of the actions you'd normally take from that place of limiting belief and self-doubt. So I really hope that in me sharing all of this back from August 2019 all the way up to now and also sharing with you that this is something I continue to work on personally and support my own clients through, I hope that gives you reassurance and I also hope from this episode that it's given you tips to consider looking at things and raising your self-awareness in different ways. And with that, I'm going to see you in the next episode. So what resonated most with you today? And more importantly, out of the tips that I've shared, what is it that you're going to implement? If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. If you are subscribed, please feel free to leave me a review. I'd appreciate it. And share this podcast with another leader or friend that might appreciate it too. And also, if you do want this kind of support on a weekly basis, I am inviting you into Thrive Together. The price is currently on the website in the link below. And I want to let you know that on the 14th of May, 2021, the price will be increasing to reflect the value. So based on when you're listening to this episode, you might just catch it at the founder's rate. You'll notice when you click the link, there are two options. You can join monthly and cancel anytime, or you can join for the year, which basically gives you two months for free. 
The feedback from my current members is that Thrive Together is for anyone who has responsibilities at work to continually move things forward. It's for any leader or business owner who is looking to develop themselves and their team or their business. It's for business owners, self-employed people, any leaders in business or anyone looking to grow in any aspect of their life and business. They're not my words, they're the words of my members in a recent survey that I put out there. Um, And just a couple of other things that really, really resonated that I want to share with you is um, this comment here. So the insight and wisdom that I've gained from being a part of Thrive Together is invaluable. It's allowed me to see where I was holding myself back and why. It's helped me to see so many elements of leadership so much clearer. It's like I've emerged from fog. And the community side of things makes me realise that these issues aren't just me. They're common for so many of us, which is reassuring. For my business, I now have clarity that I didn't have before. I'm setting boundaries that enable me to work better and I'm learning sorry, and I'm leading more effectively, which helps my team to better understand what I'm asking of them. Goal setting has also been key. I can identify what I want to achieve and take clear steps to get in there, which I am. There is so many other more amazing pieces of feedback that I've received this week for Thrive Together. So I really would welcome you in with open arms. And on that, I'll leave it there and I will see you in the next episode.